explosive expose of the dark underbelly of Google. Everyone who's conscious knows that Google, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter are in the tank for progressivism, also known as cultural regressivism that undermines decency, or crud. While the hive at Google manipulates its algorithms to hide information that regressives don't like, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook overlords censor with the kind of tyrannical oppression that in the good old days liberals and radicals feared and loathed. Now that liberals and radicals control the levers of power, they have abandoned all previous philosophical commitments to freedom and liberty. A new, explosive undercover video by Project Veritas exposes the extraordinary and deceitful machinations of Google to manipulate access to information in order that regressivism can gain and maintain yet more power. In other words, Google, like its fascistic government precursors, exploits its monopolistic power to propagandize, thereby securing its iron grip on power. Resistance is almost futile. With his face and voice concealed, a Google insider warns about the implications of the confluence of Google's power, reach, and bias. And I quote him, What's scary is that Google's deciding what's important and what's not important. They are effectively deleting conversations from the national narrative. It reminds me of a book called 1984. That should have been a warning. Google's deciding what gets read, what gets consumed, what people are able to click on, what appears. It reminds me a lot of fascism. When videos get pulled off of a platform, that's a form of censorship. People have no idea that it's happening. They still think that Google's an objective source of information, and it's not. End quote. Secretly recorded conversations with Google executive Jen Janai reinforces the claims of the Google Insider, further revealing Google's leftist bias, arrogance, self-righteous sanctimony, and determined efforts to use its power to influence the next presidential election. And I quote her, the reason we launched our artificial intelligence principles is because people were not saying what is fair and what's equitable. So we're like, well, we're a big company, we're going to say it. My definition of fairness and bias specifically talks about historically marginalized communities, and that's who I care about. Communities who are in power and have traditionally been in power are not who I'm solving fairness for. Our definition of fairness is one of those things that we thought would be like obvious and everybody would agree to, and it wasn't. The same people who voted for the current president did not agree with our definition of fairness. End quote. Janai's slash Google's, well, let's just say Janugal. Janugal's definition of fairness differs not only from the definition held by the people who voted for the current president, but also from the definition held by many others. Many people understand fairness to mean impartial or just treatment without favoritism or the quality of treating people equally. Historically marginalized communities, the term Janai used, refers to identity peddlers, four favorite categories of humans, blacks, women, homosexuals, and cross-sex passers. Leftists like Janugal have been forced to add historically to marginalized, since these groups have pushed from the margins to the center, which will not hold. Clearly, Janugal has no interest in genuine fairness. 
Fairness, like hatred, inclusivity, safety, tolerance, and equality, means exactly what the googly Humpty Dumpties choose it to mean. Who cares if theologically orthodox Christians or political conservatives are treated unfairly? That's their problem to solve, dagnabbit. Janai reveals the supreme arrogance of Google, which presumes to make things more fair by supplanting the will of the people, as expressed through the duly elected executive and legislative branches of the government, with Janugal's reconceptualization of fairness. And I quote her, The White House and Congress won't play a role in making things more fair, so people are holding us accountable to fill the gap of what should be done. End quote. Janai makes clear the presumptive supremacy of the Google hive mind over the elected representatives of the people. And I quote her again, We got called in front of Congress multiple times, and we've not shown up because we're like, we just know they're going to just attack us. We're not going to change our mind. There's no point in just sitting there being attacked over something that we know we're not going to change. They can pressure us, but we're not changing. End quote. Janai adds more flesh to the bones hinted at in her allusion to Trump, his supporters, and fairness. And I quote her again. Elizabeth Warren is saying that we should break up Google. She's very misguided. That will not make it better. It will make it worse because now all these smaller companies who don't have the same resources that we do will be charged with preventing the next Trump situation. A small company cannot do that. We all got screwed over in 2016, so now we've rapidly been like, what happened there? How do we prevent it from happening again? End quote. Evidently in panic mode after this undercover video came out, Janai penned a futile effort to recast her damning words and malign Project Veritas, and I quote her, These people lied about their true identities, filmed me without my consent, selectively edited and spliced the video to distort my words and the actions of my employer, and published it widely online, end quote. While Google engages in unconscionable, secretive efforts to manipulate public opinion and to silence conservative employees through fear of loss of employment, she's outraged about being secretly recorded? Oh, come on. Janai goes on to characterize her filmed statements as selectively edited and distorted words. Surely a smart human like Janai knows that all documentaries and exposés selectively edit. The ethical issue is not whether an exposé is selectively edited. The ethical issue is whether it was edited in such a way as to distort someone's words. Janai tries to prove that Project Veritas distorted her words about the 2016 election, saying she never suggested Google objected to Trump's election per se, but rather to foreign interference. And I quote her, In a casual restaurant setting, I was explaining how Google's trust and safety team is working to help prevent the types of online foreign interference that happened in 2016. End quote. If Janugal's concern were really with online foreign interference, what sense did her statement about being screwed mean, since Russian attempts at foreign interference didn't affect the election outcome? Leftists like Janugal believe they were screwed by Trump's winning. They were not screwed by Russian attempts to interfere. Does Janai think all Americans just fell off the turnip truck? 
Project Veritas asked the Google Insider about the meaning of this statement from an internal Google document, and I quote it. In some cases, it may be appropriate to take no action if the system accurately affects current reality, while in other cases, it may be desirable to consider how we might help society reach a more fair and equitable state via product intervention, end quote. The Google Insider translated into plain English what helping society looks like in the Google Hive, and I quote, What they want to do is they want to act as gatekeepers between the user and the content that they're trying to access. They're going to come in. They're going to filter the content. They're going to say, actually, we don't want to give the user access to that information because it's going to create an outcome that's undesirable to us, end quote. This expose will come as no surprise to former Google employee Mike Wacker, recently fired for publicly criticizing Google's, quote, outrage mobs and witch hunts. Wacker shared that the Google outrage mobs demanded Google have nothing to do with the Conservative Heritage Foundation, calling its president, K. Cole James, the grand wizard of the KKK. K. Cole James is black and endured egregious racist attacks when growing up. So you may wonder exactly how the outrage mobs could justify calling a black woman the Grand Wizard of the KKK. Well, this particular outrage mob has concluded, apparently with no scientific proof, that masquerading as the opposite sex is analogous to race and therefore opposing things like co-ed restrooms and locker rooms, which the Heritage Foundation does, is analogous to racism. Wacker shared that one Google employee was reported to Human Resources for sharing a National Review article, and another was reported for appearing, quote, to be promoting and defending Jordan Peterson's comments about transgender pronouns, end quote, which allegedly made someone at Google feel unsafe at work. What other subjective changeable feelings will Google outrage mobs conclude are analogous to race and deem dissenting views hateful and censor-worthy? Will those employees who disagree feel safe in that nonpartisan, inclusive space to express their views? And what if the outrage mobs are wrong? What if cross-sex identification, cross-sex hormone doping, surgical mutilation, and co-ed private spaces are, in reality, neither good nor right? While Wacker lost his job, Blake Lemoyne retains his job as senior software engineer at Google. The name Blake Lemoyne may sound familiar. He made the news in 2018 for calling Tennessee Congresswoman Marsha Blackburn a terrorist for writing an op-ed critical of the obvious bias against conservatives and Republicans within tech companies like Facebook and Google. Wacker reports that in internal Google employee forums, Lemoyne also said this, and I quote, If you think that trans women aren't women, then you can either keep it to yourself or GTFO, which means get the you-know-what out. Google's corporate policies are crystal clear on that, end quote. While Google employees are free to say that trans women, who are objectively, immutably, scientifically, verifiably men, are women. Others are not permitted to say trans women are men. Deviate from the deviant narrative and off with your head. Trouble seems to follow Lemoyne, who identifies variously as a pagan priest and Gnostic Christian, wherever he goes. 
the bisexual Lemoyne, who is in a non-monogamous relationship with his wife, enlisted in the U.S. Army in 2003, and then in 2004, quote, realized he did not like working with U.S. Army troops, end quote. When the Army refused to allow him to, quote, quit the Army, end quote, he went on a work strike and then a hunger strike. He was court-martialed and discharged for bad conduct. And before whistleblower Mike Wacker, there was former Google engineer James Damore, who was fired in 2017 after he wrote and distributed a measured internal memo replete with evidence in which he criticized Google for, among other things, being an ideological echo chamber. Can't have any Google employee pointing out that the emperor brooks no dissent. Off with his head, too.